the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Hey, welcome to Reaching for Real Life. We're in the Real Life Amphitheater. Pastor Sean Azaro, Baron Wiley here. And uh, Sean, every time I walk in the doors, I never know what's going to happen. And today I found out some very cool news. Can I go ahead and mention that there's a yes, show coming? if you want to be the one. No, you go ahead always, and say it. No, go, go. This is pretty cool. You're the guy. One of my favorite bands of all time, Kansas. Oh, man. It's coming to Texas. Yep. But not just Texas, at the Real Life Amphitheater and Selma Shirts. Yes, Come on, and man. And they will be joined by 38 Special. That concert is inked and kind of a pretty cool grab by the Tobin Center and Great, great concert coming up. So much of their music, too, thanks to Carrie Livgren, who was in the band and the chief songwriter there. So many faith-filled songs of theirs. The whole portrait song, which was, He was a man of ideas. You know that one? I, 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 Not that version. I, I, it was different, as I recall. <laughs> no, yes, 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 yes. That song, he originally wrote that about uh, Albert Einstein, but then he twisted it and he, he made uh, new lyrics out of it about Jesus. Very really? powerful. Yeah, wow. you, gotta, you gotta find that one. And of course, dust in the wind, and oh, yeah. and uh, you know all the, the the biggest hit of all, biggest Kansas song of all. Which one's that? Uh, Carry on my wayward self. See your version. <laughs> is that bit. is that not the hit? That's the, really not okay. No, classic. But again, that that to me was an exciting band coming up because it was cool to be, have a Christian in the band that wasn't on. Sparrow or Murr Records, you know? Yes. And I was yeah, always fascinated yeah. by no. that, how that happens. And I do think when you when you have people who are Christians, but who they just work a job. Okay, mm-hmm. he's an artist. He's not yeah. just a job, okay? But, right. you know, he's a songwriter. He's a internationally recognized artist. You know, it's just very cool. And so uh, can I wear my, my River City lanyard <laughs> and get backstage, Pastor Sean? Will that uh, help for Kansas? <laughs> oh, Baron. <laughs> Or should I bring my thirty eight special? <laughs> if you're if you're with if you're with me, I'm sure I can hey! I can get you back there. <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, can I give you my wish list? Or uh, who's on your wish list of people that you'd like to see come oh. to San Antonio? Oh, dude. to the real life. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of people I'd love to see come to the real life amphitheater. Because someone you know. said the only reason why Kansas is coming because you wanted them to come. Well, uh, no, <laughs> no, that has oh. nothing really. <laughs> okay. They were doing a tour, and we went ahead and reached yeah. out and got the business. So. All right, all right. I'd love to have the Doobie Brothers. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be amazing. James Taylor. Ja- oh, That's course, your guy, right? Of course. He's my boy. And now he's getting pretty old. Yeah, he uh, probably doesn't. And again, he probably wouldn't do our amphitheater because he's smaller venues. I'd love to hear Lyle love it. I ah. mean, I just love Lyle love it. Yeah, but he's over there playing at, at uh, floors and, and uh, Green, Green Hall. Hall. Yeah, no, and... I could, and I just have never been able to get in there and and at the timing right and catch him live. So, All right, well, you know, but we'll work on that. Anybody else coming that we need to know? Come well, on. there's one I can't Come tell. On. I, I'm not going to give you a nope. No, we'll have to wait till next week. We'll so we'll see if we're ready. We, we've got one that's I think it's in the I think it's in the bag, but we'll have to wait because of promotion stuff. I never saw him, and I always wanted to. And I was been a closet fan. And uh, on Bernie Radio, I, I played. 
these beautiful women on the station. That would be the Judds. Mm. And unfortunately, as you know, uh, Naomi Judd uh, is is with the Lord. Uh, I know that they they were also of faith, and uh, real sad of, of her passing. Yeah, I don't. Uh, th- that's one of those things, Baron. That you just—it's uh, like a punch in the gut. Right. She, they've been around so long. You know, she won an award, and it had mm-hmm. to be received. For she's at the height. You know, she's not. Mm-hmm. You just don't understand. You don't understand what's going on in someone, and it's just very hard. Yeah, and it was real sad to see Ashley and uh, Winona uh, accept the award on behalf of their mom when she was inducted and, uh, uh, and and grieving and and joyful at the same time. It's just so hard. You know? Yeah. And it's just, you know, you go, why you talk about something like that? Well, it's one of those things where you never know where a person is. Right. I believe that healthy biblical community is the best thing for first relationship with the Lord and, and being filled with his spirit, but then be in healthy biblical community. And I just think we should always be, make sure we're paying attention to the people who we love, take, taking care of them, listening. And when you see someone who you do, you just recognize they're not doing well, um, get involved, yeah. be present. Um, you know, and of course, mental health issues are a whole nother kind of thing. And I think we Christians sometimes have been, have been a little bit shy of really recommending, you know, therapists, mental health support, uh, even medications. And I think it's one of those things where I, I do believe the Holy Spirit and God's word and his presence is what we need for every ailment, every illness. But, you know, the bottom line, Baron, uh, you know, I take some blood pressure medicine. You know, and I don't think that makes me a person who's not a person of faith. I think it's no, I'm just getting older and that's where I'm at. You know, I think with mental health stuff, we don't understand how one life circumstances, but two, Mm -hmm. someone's chemistry. So what they're going through, you don't know what people are being hit with. And I'm saying one, don't sit in judgment of them. Try to help, try to come alongside, try to walk with them, be present. So at times like this, that's what I kind of start doing. I try to make sure, Hey, who in my circle of awareness Mm -hmm is struggling that I may not even know. I don't know the depths of what they're wrestling with. Yeah. So I just encourage all of us, be aware, be praying for people, and uh, be present. Uh, it's interesting, too, that, that she was 76 years old and still d- dealing with this, when actually you, you hear more about it. Well, like after a woman has a baby and the postpartum depression right. that happens, yeah. you know, uh, to no fault of their own, it just kind of happens, as I understand. Yeah. Uh, and, and you don't know what, again, you don't know what someone's going through medically. You don't know what they're going through emotionally. You don't know what kind of circumstances. I guess a reminder like this that's so shocking is just pay attention, be present, and try to encourage people wherever you can and help get, get support and help when, when, you, can, when you need to. Mm. Well, speaking of, of, of new moms, Pastor Sean, big news today all over the Internet, all over the world right now, what's happening with the Supreme Court and Roe versus Wade. Can you believe it? Oh, my gosh. Um, this story has so many different facets mm. that we need to kind of just unpack. One, the amazing hope that a court, the Supreme Court, could have decided, made the decision to have the votes to actually overturn Roe v. Wade, mm. which I think is long time overdue. I think it was bad precedent, bad law in the beginning. The idea that there is some constitutional right for a mother to take her baby's life mm. is shocking. To think that the Constitution has something that implicit or stated gives that that right. So there's that, holy cow, this could really happen. But then there's the idea of the leak, that this yes. was, this was a, a ruling that was written and was being discussed among the justices back in February. Justice Alito wrote the, wrote the opinion, wrote the ruling on behalf of the court, and someone leaked it. Yeah. And they leaked it to the Politico who published it. Hmm. 
and this is shocking. Different news sources have all commented this has never happened. Yeah, there have been little leaks and things like that, but nothing of this magnitude. The whole point is the Supreme Court is not supposed to be influenced by public opinion. They're not supposed to be a part of any of that. That's why they have their process the way it is. It is a protected court. That's why it's so trusted. Mm. This absolutely undermines the authority and the process of the Supreme Court of the United States. And it's shocking. Do you think it's dangerous? Well, sure. Sure. Here's the thing. The decision isn't actually official yet. Right. Until they actually issue it as a court together, it's not an official decision. So there's now... Thousands of protesters outside the Supreme Court. There are. It's in the news. The pressure that they're under, their family members. Um, it's it's unthinkable. It is not supposed to be this way. And you almost get the picture of someone, uh, some law clerk of one of these liberal justices, who sees what's happening and thinks, uh, "I want to see if I can turn this." I saw ABC News, which you go, okay, yeah, of course. They, they said, well, it could have been a conservative person who wanted to put it out there so that the, the conservative justices wouldn't waver. They would feel like they were being cowards. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> that's what this Nailed is about. It, ABC, yeah. <laughs> they also did, re- they did say, hey, it's possibly someone on the left, but it's like. Well, that's a safe guess, too. There's only two choices, so thank you for covering <laughs> both angles. Well, hey. The Cowboys could win or the Packers could win. <laughs> hey, at least they at least they mentioned the possibility. Yeah. So, Well, there you go. When you stop and think about the different reasons that we are interested in this, first, you find the whole idea of abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're listening to this and you're a believer, and I know there are some believers who go, well, we don't know, and, you know, we want to uphold a woman's right you know, my body, my choice, you know, that's something no, no aborted fetus ever gets to say, Mm, right? They can't say that. They can't say my body, my choice. And, and I'm sorry, you know, if you are out there and you claim to be an educated, informed person and you know, you're, I'm an advocate of science. That's great. Watch a 3d sonogram. Mm -hmm. Okay. You need to go watch, go right now. There are all kinds of them on Google. Just do a Google search 3d sonogram. That's what you're aborting. Yeah. And you need to also go do a DNA test. It's, it's a piece of tissue. It's part of a mother's body. It is not. Mm-hmm. It's not her body. I'm sorry. The way procreation works is someone else's body is growing inside of her. As much as mm-hmm. if there was a surrogate mother. Right. If, as much as if there was a, sur- a surrogate mother. If a, if a surrogate mother is carrying a baby, she agreed to carry a baby for a couple and because they couldn't, and she is carrying that baby. Does she have the right to take that baby's life, her body, her choice? Mm. You see, it, it, it's no different. That is someone else's body. It's a different DNA. It's, it is not hers. And, and I just think we need to understand that. And that as Christians, we have to have the humility to understand uh, there's something bigger than us. And this is how God did it. And he chose to put that baby's body inside his mother. Mm. He chose to use intercourse. He chose to use procreation as part of that whole process. And that when that happens, this is now someone else's body. And so we need to understand that life begins at conception. And any other point that you want to say life begins at conception is just a philosophical argument. It's it, you're, you're spitballing, mm-hmm. right? There's only one authoritative starting point for life, mm-hmm. and that's conception. Anything else is speculation. Mm-hmm. And so what, you deal with that and go, okay, yes, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And then when you determine that this is a life, this is someone else's body, 
that child is alive and you realize that there are multiple states in the union who taking that child's life right up to the moment of birth is legal. Again, go look at the 3D sonogram. That's not a piece of tissue sucking its thumb. You know, and right. we just need to we need to stop playing around. We need to understand this. So once you establish, oh yeah, that is a human life, then you go, okay, but it is against the law to take human life in the United States. That is an innocent human life. We call it murder. Right. And you know, I know and some people are like, Oh, your words are so hard. What about people who've had abortions? I am truly sorry. I am truly sorry for that. I really am. I, I, we don't help by continuing, by avoiding the subject because it might hurt someone's feelings. Mm. We, we recognize we've all made mistakes in the past. I don't fail to acknowledge that so, because it might hurt my feelings. No, I acknowledge it so I don't make it again. Wow. So, I mean, I just think we really need to understand what we're talking about here. This is a human life, and this human life is, deserves protection just like every other human life. Well, it's not really alive until it's viable and it can take care of itself. That's ridiculous. Every one-year-old out there would die without someone taking care of it. We're not going and killing one-year-olds because they're inconvenient. We don't say they're not alive because they're not independent and they can't take care of themselves. No, they're a baby. And, of course, as the church, we have to respond with, okay, let's support women who have an unwanted pregnancy. Let's help make it easy as possible for them to find if they, if they don't want to raise that child, if they're unable and they make that decision, let's connect them with wonderful adoption agencies and wonderful parents who would love to raise a baby and who would, who would just die for the opportunity. Mm. Let's help get your child into that type of caring family. Let's help with expenses. Let's help with care. Let's help with housing. That's what, and it's happening all over the place. The church does this. Organizations like Pregnancy Care Center do this. And so, and there's all kinds of ways, all kinds of avenues for a mom who finds herself with an unwanted pregnancy. And I just think the church should be the front line of that. Amen. You know, supporting, encouraging, loving through that process. But I'm not being loving when, when we kind of say, well, then they should be able to take their baby's life because, you know, you talk to moms who've done that who are okay being candid. Um, they go through all kinds of uh, emotional turmoil because of that, mm-hmm. you know. And so this ruling, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. And all this ruling would do, this is the legal aspect of this. The ruling is not saying now, the ruling is not putting into the Constitution or making under constitutional law it's illegal to have an abortion. It's just saying we're not going to have a federal. We're acknowledging there is not some federal constitutional right. So it pushes it back to the states. Mm-hmm. And in our system... In our Federalist Republic, that's the way we work. And so people say, well, you know, now the abortions are going to go in the back alley and they're going to be dangerous. Well, murder's dangerous too. Yeah. That happens in back alleys. Yeah. I'm not going to make it legal because it happens in back alleys. And in this current state right now, obviously that would mean there'd be a whole lot of states where abortion would be legal and there'd be a whole lot of states right now where it wouldn't be. I don't know of any that it's not legal at all. I mean, maybe, again, I, I'm, I'm just saying that. Maybe that's right. not true. But I know in, when you talk about the health of the mother, rape and incest, most states give some provision. Even Texas, the heartbeat bill, um, they literally have a, a time period where they say when you have a heartbeat, and it's, the I believe, 15 weeks, mm-hmm. that's that point where they say, yeah, at this point, you know, now you can't. So it's not as it's being presented. I'm looking at NBCnews.com, and they're already projecting 23 states where immediately abortion would be banned. Yes. 
and with that, are they throwing Texas in that? I would, you know what? I, I probably assume yes. Yeah. Well, the, the point is that's not true. Ah. It's not banned completely. It is banned after a certain point, after the child is at a certain point of development, and so you know we just have to be honest about what's really going on here. Interesting, Pastor. Teach me how to love, though, because right now there's a powder keg in this country already. We've even thrown around civil war and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> and here's just one more issue too that I didn't. We didn't. We didn't wake up expecting this today type of thing. And they're already lined up at the Supreme court, both sides, protesters right. and people all in favor. And there's police right in the middle. Uh, so, I mean, teach me how to love pastor Sean. This honestly could be as volatile as COVID and the George Floyd riots mm-hmm. all rolled into one because this is so long mm-hmm. and it's been, it's so deep and so divided. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where, when we, as the body of Christ, Remember, the the whole thing about politics and our faith, we are not to be defined by our politics. I I talked about this in my message a couple weeks ago. Abortion is not a political issue. Let me say that again. If you're listening, whether radio, whether podcast, wherever you're listening, abortion is not a political issue. It is a moral issue. It has been politicized, okay? Masks were politicized, right? (laughs) Masks are not a political issue. I don't think they're a moral issue. They're a medical issue, but we politicized it. Okay, and so when you talk about, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we, sexual orientation, gender confusion, all those things. Those are not political issues. They are, they are moral issues, mm-hmm. and that's why we talk about them. That's why we care. But the way we talk about them and the way we care is so critical. I think being uh, understanding that the people who disagree with this are not with us on this are not the enemy. Mm. They may be the ones screaming in our faces and yelling, uh, but they're not the enemy. You know, the scripture says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is a spiritual enemy. There is a philosophical thing that is deeply rooted in our culture that has spiritual roots beneath it that we understand that's the enemy we're wrestling with. So when I deal with people, I want to speak the truth in love. Mm. I want to care about them. I want to work towards redemption. I want to work towards unity. Right. You know, that's one of my challenges with some of the ways we've handled the uh, racial issues. We've literally moved away. We, it, in my growing up, we were moving towards unity. We were trying to to deal with racial issues by saying, "No, no, no, we're not going to divide over that. We're going to come together. We're all people." Mm-hmm. You know. The phrase I'd like to use is we're all shades of brown, man. This whole thing about arbitrarily saying you're one way because you're black, I'm one way because I'm white. Yeah, we're not. We're really shades of brown. And we're just people. And we don't divide over eye color or hair color. Skin color should be no different. Right. Right? Because that's the United States is a melting pot. But yet now we're moving towards this thing where it's no, no, no. We're color is about ev- it's everything's about color. And we're going to divide over it. And everything's about division. And we're going to put people at odds with each other. That's a problem. So we want to be the people who unify. We want to be the people who understand. And there are a lot of people who honestly just haven't thought deeply enough about this issue. They get to, they're making decisions based on feelings, emotions, and saying, man, yeah, but when my sister was pregnant and she wasn't ready, it was really hard. And what I would say to that person is, yes, and, you know, but you don't kill the baby. So it won't be hard because, by the way, that's going to be really hard for your sister too, okay? What we do is we say, all right, because the thing about abortion, it's like the classic example of immediate gratification. 
which we all know is like bad, right? Mm-hmm. Having instant gratification is not good for our character. There are just good things, hard things, worthwhile things generally take time. And when you have an unwanted pregnancy, to deal with that well, as well as you can, it just takes time. And what we have to understand is the, the whole abortion thing, Baron. it's <clears throat> largely about sexual freedom. Yeah. The problem is uh, pregnancy is one of those nasty, you know, mm-hmm. consequences of indiscriminate sex for a lot of people. Yeah. I know there are uh, there I know there's rape. I know there's incest. I understand those cases, but they're a very small minuscule right. percentage. Often it's people who are just having sex who don't want to accept the responsibility for what happens when you have sex. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that if we if we actually understood God's desire for sexuality, his intention, the joy of sexuality as God designed and created it, if we understood that and walked in that, vast majority of abortions would go away. That's right. doesn't mean that nobody would ever screw up. It doesn't mean that at all. I'm not saying that. It just means a whole lot wouldn't. And so when we understand that for a lot of people, this is about sexual freedom. I want to do what I want. I don't want anyone to tell me I want to have sex when I want, with who I want, however I want. It's like that's become a sacrament. And it's just like, okay, so you're going to take the life of a baby to cover for your sexual philosophy. Yes, I am. Yeah, well, that's what we need to understand what's at stake. So understanding that and understanding that for, this, is, this is a process for a lot of people of unwinding some kind of thought patterns and unwinding some, some intellectual foundations that maybe have been misapplied and mislaid, um, it's, a, it's a big deal. But you speak the truth. You speak it in love. You, you know, love is often best when it's shown, not spoken. So, you know, when people see the church just saying, okay, that's fine, but we're just going to take care of these women. We're just going to take care of their children and we're just going to be there. You know, you can scream, you can boycott, you can do whatever you want. And we're just going to keep taking care of these people in need. Um, That's what love looks like. Yeah. That includes supporting some of these uh, resources, these nonprofits around town uh, that make it happen. Yep. The the goal is not to have these kind of resources and these nonprofits. We don't, God forbid, that we it's a shame that we have to have these right. these things. Yeah, and, so, and they're great. Yeah. They're great. You know, um, uh, but the pregnancy care center is just just wonderful. All the resources that they all the resources that they apply. You know, uh, Dave McCall is a friend of mine. He's mm-hmm. the head of the organization there, the executive director, and you know they have sonograms that women can have. They have support. They have resources as far as supplies, right. all kinds of things, and. A lot of us support the Pregnancy Care Center to help. That's a front line, mm-hmm. right? But then I think the best way is when, you know, if a, pers- if, a, if a woman doesn't have a family that is a loving, supportive family, well, then there's a great, uh, there's churches that they can get connected with. And there's right. people who will come along and just walk with them through that. Yes. That's the best case scenario. And, you know, man, it happens. People mess up. People make mistakes. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. Right. Okay, you do not take care of one mistake. Yeah, my boyfriend and I went too far. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a mistake, you know, and it it's a sin. Mm-hmm. But yet it's one that you can be forgiven of. It's one that mm-hmm. God still loves you and wants to see an abundant, free, real life for you. Yeah. But it may mean, okay, now we've got to deal with this. Right. Okay, but I can't tell you how many times I've seen a blessing come from that. Yeah. How many times I've seen people go, oh, my gosh, I almost aborted this baby, and right. now this baby is the most wonderful thing in my life. Yeah. And it's like, I was this close mm-hmm. to killing the person I love so much. And so it's like, man, just, just, just know, like yeah. anything else in life, 
Sometimes the best path and the path to real joy, real good fruit, yeah. is not the easy one. That's a great point, Pastor John, because you know the regret that people have after uh, aborting is one thing, and you don't hear, "Man, I regret that I had the baby." You don't, because especially like in the special needs oh, yeah. department, you know, when you know that you might be having a special needs baby, yeah, they say, "I couldn't imagine this gift." Oh yeah, any other way. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. We as believers have faith that when mm-hmm. we do what God asks us to do. He comes and he walks with us. We're not alone. He empowers us. He strengthens us. So that's how believers need to think about this. Mm. The politics is going to happen, and it's going to be a crazy next few months, Baron. Just know that, okay? Uh, Maybe a crazy year. Another reason, okay? You know, it's not going to be calm like 1920, or or 2020 and 2021. It's not going to be calm like that. Mm. But uh, anyway, I wanted to have that conversation of... Christians pray. Mm-hmm. You know, this week is National Day of Prayer. Yes. Right? Thursday, we're going to be, uh, all of our groups are having special times of prayer for our nation this week. And, uh, and of course, we're going to be, uh, on Thursday, the city is doing, a, a, the Christians from around the city is do, doing an event at, at Main Plaza right at noon. So I'm going to be down there, and I think some others are going to be down there. Good. So just, just this week and moving forward, be praying because mm-hmm. there's power in prayer. And I think God can open up doors for us that uh, that maybe we'll be surprised by. Well, with that, Pastor Sean, I think to put a bow on this thing, would you pray for us? Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we don't have to, um, we're not helpless victims. Okay, we, we don't have to just say, well, the court said this or the government said this. Lord, you are higher than the court. You are higher than the government. And you have power that none of these other institutions can even understand. I pray that you would move in this nation. I ask for unity. Lord, I pray that we would be unified as a people as we draw closer to you, as we follow you. I pray that your church would rise up and that we would communicate your love and your grace, also your truth. And I just ask that we would be a unifying force in this nation. Lord, thank you for the United States, but right now we are deeply divided and this is an explosive issue and I pray that you would just bring peace. Let your church be ambassadors, instruments of your peace. We thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.